Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners once again today, and great to have this opportunity to once again open up God's Word and dig deep into those rich teachings and truths. We truly are blessed in this country to be able to have such open and ready access to the Bible. It's not that way everywhere in the world. Some places, if you have a Bible, you probably better keep it hidden, better keep it private. If you start trying to teach it openly, you could be arrested, maybe even executed. It's a blessing to be able to go on the radio in this way each day here and search the scriptures and teach God's word again openly without fear of the civil authorities coming in and shutting you down and perhaps again arresting you and putting you in jail because you're simply teaching God's word and they don't like that. Well again it's not this way everywhere in the world. It's a blessing to be able to come together as the Lord's body, the church, and worship together openly and have people come in and visit with us and study with us on a regular basis and again it's not that way everywhere in the world. I remember reading a newsletter from a brother in Christ in another part of the world in the middle of the East, and he was talking about how they were spreading the gospel and teaching people and even leading them to be baptized into Christ. But he said, we have to watch out because we have to keep an eye open as to who might be watching us as we do that. You see, he did not have that kind of freedom, did not have that kind of confidence that he could teach the gospel and pursue it to its completion and still be in safety and not have to be concerned about his, his well-being physically and legally. Well, we are blessed. But now, as blessed as we are, it seems like so many of us take for granted this blessing. And I've simply enumerated them in a number of different ways, but they're really all the same blessing. We have ready access. We can worship God freely, openly. We can teach his word without fear of legal reprisal, as long as we're teaching it accurately and correctly. We're not demeaning somebody unnecessarily. We can teach God's word, and we can do that on an, on an ongoing basis, week in and week out, day in and day out for that matter. It's not that way everywhere. But how many people, they just take all of those freedoms for granted. They really don't read their Bible, hardly at all, if at all. They hardly ever attend worship service, maybe once or twice or three times a year, if that, only on what they would consider to be special spiritual occasions. We just don't take advantage. We don't want to be bothered. We have a lot of other things to do. And let me tell you, the devil has been very skillful in clouding our vision with all kinds of what would seem to be attractive distractions. We have to be careful. We have to examine ourselves on a regular basis and ask ourselves continually, am I doing what God wants me to do? Am I as dedicated as God wants me to be dedicated? Am I committed to him above all else? And am I showing that in the way that I'm living my life? We need to be dedicated to God. In this particular study, we have been talking about dedication to God. And particularly, we've been emphasizing that how we dedicate ourselves to God is important. I've talked to lots of people. I've heard lots of people just openly make statements such as, they love the Lord. 
Oh, they have such great faith in God. Oh, their relationship with God is so important and so on. And yet I see their lives and they're not living the evidence of what their words are speaking. They're not living that kind of dedication. They're not living that kind of commitment, that kind of faithfulness that they're talking about having. Why is that? Well, people will say, I'm dedicated to God, but they're not living a life of dedication to God. In fact, just the opposite in a great many cases. You see, it's not just words that God wants to hear us say as to how dedicated we are to him. He wants to see our lives show that dedication, demonstrate our commitment to him on a consistent and ongoing basis. We need to be dedicated. We need to be committed. But how we dedicate ourselves to God is very, very important. It can't just be spoken, verbal. It cannot be just a simple feeling, but it has to be a life and a lifestyle. Our faith cannot be part of our life. Our faith has to be our life. Now, in Philippians chapter 2, and we've kind of used this this particular verse as a something of a springboard into this study, the Apostle Paul talks about dedication, and he really puts responsibility upon the individual Christian to make sure that their dedication is true and proper. He says in Philippians 2 and verse 12, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as, not as in my presence only, but how much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, he's not talking about decide for yourselves what you want to do or what feels good to you about coming to salvation. God has spelled that out for us in the scriptures. We've talked about that many times. Jesus told the apostles to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. So we have to come to God God's way for salvation, for forgiveness, for redemption through Jesus Christ. We don't have the right to make that plan of salvation up to suit ourselves. So that's not what Paul's talking about. He's talking about after we become a Christian, you need to really carefully examine yourself, your lifestyle, and so on, and work out your own salvation. You need to determine how you need to live your life to be the most dedicated Christian that you can be. And again, he's not saying just figure it out for yourself and whatever feels good to you, whatever feels right, that's fine. That's not what he's saying. He's talking about looking at the principles that are laid out for us in the scriptures, God's principles, and determine how do I need to apply those most effectively to my life so that I can live a faithful life before him. Remember that Jesus said in Revelation 2 and verse 10, be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. So we need to examine ourselves on a regular basis. And that's what he's talking about. In fact, Paul says there, we need to do that with fear and trembling. The idea is with great reverence and respect and consideration. We need to take great care to make sure that we are not just following God some way, but that we are following him his way. David found 
found out that how we dedicate ourselves to God is very important. We read the account in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verses 1 through 15, where David was bringing the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. It had been, uh, in a sense, out of place for a long time. He was doing what he thought was a good thing, but he was not transporting the Ark in the way that had been prescribed, instructed by God in the law of Moses. And so, while he used a new cart pulled by oxen, the oxen stumbled and Uzzah reached out to steady the ark and God struck him dead because he was not allowed to touch the ark. Well, then when David did some more studying, and we can read about this in a parallel account in 1 Chronicles chapter 15, verses 11 through 15, he realized he was transporting the ark incorrectly. And so he corrected that and then everything worked out well. How we dedicate ourselves to God is important. His word is not given to us just as some kind of academic exercise. That is God's will communicated to us through his word. And we need to read it, we need to study it, and we need to live by it. We need to live by it consistently, we need to live by it diligently, and we need to live by it conscientiously. Now, we've looked at some ways, some areas, maybe we should say, in which how we dedicate ourselves to God is important. We noted that in doctrine, what we believe is important. We can't make it up. We can't just believe what we think sounds good or what feels good to us or what suits our nature or what, even what we have seen others do or heard others tell us. But we have to make sure that we go to the scriptures to find out what is true doctrine. And doctrine simply means teaching. What is the true teaching of God? And the scriptures repeatedly talk about good doctrine and sound doctrine. And we need to recognize that if it talks about doctrine in those terms, then there is an automatic understanding that there is bad doctrine, incorrect doctrine, unsound doctrine. We have to make sure that we follow God's doctrine correctly and faithfully, and we cannot improve upon God's doctrine. It is his will given to us once and for all. We also noted that how we obey God's teaching is important as to how dedicated we truly are. We can't just make it up on our own. We have to follow him his way. We have to come to him his way. We noted also that our dedication and how we dedicate ourselves to God is important when it comes to how we worship God. Again, so many people, they give almost no, if any, thought and consideration to what does the Bible say that we should do in worship to God? They just follow the crowd or follow what their church has always done and leads them to do. But have they actually studied the scriptures on the matter and seen how God wants us to worship him? The Lord's Supper. Let me tell you, a lot of denominations just decide on their own when and how often to partake of the Lord's Supper. That's not what scriptures teach us. It teaches us upon the first day of the week. And every week has a first day. There's a reason for partaking of the Lord's Supper. That is to show the death of our Lord and also to proclaim to the 
unbelievers or the non-Christian world, he's coming back. How we sing our praises to God, again, is given to us in the scriptures. It's always singing the fruit of our lips. John, uh, James 5 and verse 13, Hebrews 13 and verse 15, singing from our hearts, Ephesians 5, 19, Colossians 3, 16. There's never the mention of a mechanical instrument like a piano or an organ or a guitar, much less an entire band. A whole lot of worship in a lot of churches looks a whole lot like entertainment rather than just worship. It's interesting, again, and we've brought this out, that the early church, for the first hundreds of years, about 400 years or so, never used instrumental music in their worship to God. Never. And when it was brought in as an innovation by some, it caused great controversy. It's also interesting that, oh, when you go back into the 1800s or so, and there was something of a Reformation movement. Uh, people were, were uh, teaching uh, Christianity. You'll find that a whole lot of denominations, a whole lot of denominational preachers who were very influential in those days did not use instrumental music. But now the denominations that they preached for have since taken up the practice. Well, what changed as far as God's teachings are concerned? Nothing changed in God's word. How do we think that we have the right to change how we follow him? Our giving needs to be from the heart, and it needs to be consistent, and it needs to be open and, and free and joyful giving. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 and 2, and 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7. Our preaching and our teaching need to, need to be done continually to strengthen our faith and really dig deep into God's word. That's a lot of what we do right here on this program on a regular basis every day. Our prayers need to be consistent again. We need to pray in the name of our Lord, and we need to turn to God in petitions for our needs and the needs of others and his blessings, but we also need to remember to give thanks to God. We need to pray consistently and we need to pray continually. Now, how we commit ourselves to God is important. How we dedicate ourselves to God is important, and that is going to be reflected in how we commit ourselves to God. Let's look at Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 and 38, for the basic principle here. And here, our Lord himself says this, Matthew chapter 22, and verses 37 and 38, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And this is the first and the great commandment. So we are to love God with all of our being, with everything that we have, with everything that we are. God must come first in our lives. In Matthew chapter 10, in verse 37, Jesus said, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. God has to come first. There can be no second place 
in our commitment to God in our lives as Christians if we're going to be right with God. If we're going to be truly dedicated, how we dedicate ourselves to God is important. And that's going to be reflected in our commitment to God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31, the Apostle Paul wrote, Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Now that means there has to be a focus there in our entire lives, in everything, everything that we do and how we live our lives and conduct ourselves, carry ourselves and so on. We've got to be thinking, I'm a servant of God. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and I need to live in such a way that I will bring glory to God through the way that I live, through my commitment to him on a continual basis. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And again, and this is interesting, in verse 23 of that third chapter of Paul's letter to the Colossians, he says, whatever you do, do it heartily, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not to men. I like that. The idea of heartily would be with with all of your heart. Put yourself into it, in other words. Now, the wise man wrote along this line in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10, when he he said this, whatever your hands find to do, do it with your might. Do it with your might. In other words, again, put yourself into it. Be vigilant in that. Follow through. Don't just do it halfway. When it comes to being committed to God, we cannot have just halfway commitment. It has to be total commitment, all the way, fully. In the 11th verse of Romans chapter 12, Paul said, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. So it, it ha- we can't, again, we can't just go through the motions We can't just kind of do it hit or miss, blasé, whatever feels comfortable to us, you know, whatever we want to. We must serve God with full, total commitment. Full, total commitment. I want us to look at John chapter 12. John chapter 12. And let's look here at uh, verses 24 through 26. John 12, verses 24 through 26. Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me, And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Now Jesus is is teaching us here, again, total commitment. Not just halfway, not hit or miss, not sporadic, but total commitment. He talks about the grain of wheat falling into the ground or being planted in the field. Well, that grain of wheat, when it's planted in the field, It has to die to being a grain of wheat. That's so that the plant that God has designed to come forth from it can do so. As long as we just keep the grain of wheat, 
It'll never grow into the wheat stalk that produces many grains of wheat. It has to die to being just that grain so that it can become the stalk which reproduces many grains of wheat for the well-being of the farmer or whoever sowed it. Well, our lives, when we come to Christ, we have to give our lives up. Remember what Paul said in in, uh, Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. We've got to give up our lives to our Lord. We've got to, now that doesn't mean we commit suicide physically. It doesn't mean that we go out and, and uh, you know, just kill ourselves or ask somebody to do that to us. But he's talking about we have a new focus in our lives. Our lives are now belonging to the Lord and not just to us, but primarily to him. In Luke chapter 14, beginning with verse 26. Again, Jesus speaking. He says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Now again, Jesus is not talking about hatred in the sense that we normally use the term where we're loathing somebody or despising somebody, he's talking about if we're going to follow him, we've got to love him above our father and mother, our wife, our children, our brothers, our sister, and even our own lives. And we have to not just make a verbal commitment, but we have to commit him to the point that we bear our cross daily. We live the life of a follower of Jesus Christ, of a disciple of his. Now that's real, total commitment, total commitment. And that's what God expects of us, total commitment. If we go back to Romans chapter 12, we look at the first couple of verses in that chapter. Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. In other words, live for the Lord. Remember what Paul wrote in Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We need to make sure that our commitment is genuine and not just spoken or even just felt, but that it is genuine in the way that we live our lives. How we dedicate ourselves to God is important. And that includes how we are committed to him and how that commitment is lived in our daily life. We're going to come back and talk some more about this next time, but we're going to stop and park here. In just a minute, we'll tell you how to contact us. Be sure to jot down that information and then contact us. Ask for the free Bible study that we always offer. It is free. We'll even take care of the postage. And that study, right from God's word, can change your life. It'll teach you about dedication, about obedience, about commitment. You can also receive a copy of today's program on CD for free. And again, we'll take care of the postage. We hope to hear from you right away.